Blog Talk Radio. Internally, 
And uh, I believe in God has healed that. There's power in the name of Jesus. I'm not going to deny that. I'm feeling a lot better, still not quite 100%. Uh, But, you know, when you're stepping out, and I'm not taking credit for this, but I'm trying to do what I think God wants me to do with the talent that he's given me. It's it's the least that I can do, um, you know, to to help my pastor out, uh, to teach Sunday school, to do this little radio monologue. Uh, And and if it gets you to think, uh, and think about your relationship with God through his son Jesus Christ, then then great. That's that's all I need to do. But um, when you start stepping out and you start declaring, hey, it's it's the word of God, uh, and it's nothing else but the word of God, Uh, you know, let's, let's let's start doing everything God's way. You're sick, you're ill. You're not supposed to be sick or ill. Sickness and illness is from the devil. I don't read anything in Scripture that says I have to be sick. I reject sickness. I, this is a spiritual attack against my body. I tell the demonic world, hey, you're trespassing. The scripture says that I am the temple of, 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 of the Holy Spirit, you know, living within me. And um, I declare that by the stripes of Jesus born his back that I am indeed healed. That's past tense. And then the battle begins. And as soon as you start stepping out in faith, and I've talked to you about this on the show many times, Satan will come against you. And uh, so yesterday I, I had a chance after my service, after morning service, or I guess last night, I forget when it was, meet with my pastor and, and got anointed with oil again and, and prayed for, and I am thankful for the powerful word of God. Because what I'm about to tell you, time is short. Uh I enjoy getting outside, and I know that because of this infection that is dying within me, I just haven't felt well for since pretty much last Wednesday. I just really haven't felt well. And as I was praying earlier today, I told God I'm tired. And, of course, you know, I've never been 66 before, but, uh, you know, I eat well. I get a fair amount of exercise. You know, I, I cheat a little bit. I, I still like my cookies and, and, and the occasional candy bar, and, uh, and I drink a soda a day, and I probably shouldn't do that. But uh, I'm tired. And I, I really had strong thoughts uh, this afternoon late, right before dark, about, and it wouldn't be a bad idea to go home. Um, I miss the ancestors that I knew if I start thinking about it, I would have to end the show because I still get emotional about the loss of my parents, uh, my friends who have uh, died, and I miss them. Of course, I love my my wife and my life that God has given us together. I think it's going to be 43 or 44 years now. I kind of lose track. Um, I love my son and his wife dearly, and my grandson is one of the most precious things that I can, these old eyes can see. But God is faithful, and that's what I want to tell you folks about. God is faithful. He holds his word higher than his name. Hang on to the word. Hang on to the word. When you don't think the word is working, hang on to the word. Claim it. Pray it. Believe it. Confess it. Scripture tells us in Proverbs that the power of life and death is in your tongue. Watch what you say. Watch how you say it. 
you know, do things God's way. When you're, if you get sick, call for the elders, pray over you, anoint you with oil. Then, then, you know, you've done things God's ways. Then pray for the wisdom of you. You know, if God, if you're not going to heal me miraculously, that's fine. And if you want me to go to a doctor, you drag me to which one. You know, God has a plan. And it's a difficult plan, and he's revealed much of his plan to us. See, he hasn't revealed everything. That's his choice. Remember, God is sovereign, and his ways are not our ways, and his thoughts are not our thoughts. As my pastor was preaching, you know, a little bit the other day on Sunday, there are certain things that we just don't know. There are certain questions you can ask me I don't have an answer for. You know, why do bad things happen to good people? I don't know. You know, why, why do some people get healed miraculously and some people don't? I don't know. But remember, God has a plan. Satan only has a plot. I was doing a little bit of research not long ago, and I, I really won't get into this too much. It, 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 actually, I did it several years ago. and it, it resurfaced based on a question in Sunday school this past week. You know, much of the world, much of the world's leadership for centuries now is convinced that Lucifer is the correct one, that Lucifer is the true light bearer, that Jesus is leading us away from, you know, a peaceful coexistence here on the earth. Well, that's a lie. I, I don't, you know, you pray about it, check it out. Satan doesn't want you to know the truth, and the truth is God loves you, the Father of creation, the Father who I gladly call him my Heavenly Father. Uh, he had a plan. The plan was redemption of the curse of death through the sacrificial death of Jesus Christ on the cross. Now, Satan can only scheme against God. You know, why Why did God even allow Satan to exist after the rebellion? I don't know. And my pastor was preaching, again, an interesting thing. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't get caught up in trivial nonsense. There are some things we don't know. We'll never know. You know, God's plan to end the curse is his plan. We may not like parts of the plan. But the end results, if you stop and think about it, are outstanding. You know, it's the best retirement plan I could ever find. We've reached a stage in history. And it is deep and it's complex. And, and, you know, I wish other people could take their knowledge, you know, empty their brain contents into mine. And I wish I could take what was in my head and dump it into yours. But when I what I'm a, what I'm trying to tell you is that if you have eyes and you have ears, please pay attention to what is going on. You can see the plot of Satan crumbling around you, and you can see God's plan unfolding. Uh, if you haven't paid attention to this for the second day in a row, uh, Israel. Uh, well, basically, uh, Israel had had fired missiles at a Syrian military facility just outside of Damascus. Uh, Syrian air defense system apparently intercepted some of the missiles. We don't know how many. 
Our air, this was a quote here, our air defenses are confronting an Israeli missile attack on one of our sites in Damascus suburbs, and three of the targets were downed. All right, now this happened 11.30 p.m. yesterday, Monday. Um, continuing with a quote here, a witness told Reuters late on Monday three strong explosions were heard in the direction of Jemriah, west of Damascus, and other witnesses said thick smoke would be seen rising over the area. Jemriah it contains a military research facility which was hit by what was believed to have been an Israeli air attack in 2013. Now, we know that from Syria, the Hezbollah rebels, you know, control, which, are, which is nothing more than Iranian-backed army soldiers, you know, they occupy much of Lebanon. Now they have bases established within Syria. Some estimates are reporting that as many as, as, as close to 50,000 Iranian troops are headquartered in um, Syria. And uh, we are on the verge of a global war, which is not, uh, it's really not, I don't believe this is, is to be the Battle of Gog and Magog. I think it's going to follow very soon. Uh, it's just a matter, God forbid, please, Father, God forbid this, but it's just a matter of days before North Korea and the United States are probably going to be exchanging pleasantries, you know, through through their weapon systems. Um, Ezekiel, you know, if you want to go back and take a look at the War of Gog of Magog, you know, you know, it, it, it's being established. You know, the nations are coming into alignment. Um, it's it's not. It's, it's something that's not really pleasant to think about. I'm looking at here a headline that came up yesterday is breaking news. Families of U.S. military should leave South Korea because war between America and Pyongyang is getting close, according to U.S. senior U.S. Senator and Air Force Colonel. Um, Republican Senator Lindsey Graham has warned that the rising tensions between the U.S. and Kim Jong-un corrupt regime means preparations for war need to be taken. Okay. A uh, member of the Senate Armed Services Committee warned the U.S. was running out of time to prepare itself for war when speaking on CBS yesterday. This would have probably been the second. He said we want the Pentagon to stop sending dependents, and uh, I think it's now time to start moving American dependents out of South Korea. Getting close to military conflict because North Korea is marching toward marrying up the technology of an ICBM with a nuclear weapon. They can only got, get to, to America but deliver the weapon. Now, hey, all right. Satan is trying to put great fear into the hearts and minds of Americans and basically those around the world. As much as I hate to even think this, you know, uh, It's probably going to happen. Uh, I can see this happening uh, simultaneously. We know that there's an alliance between South Korea, North Korea and Iran. Um, is is the action between the United States and North Korea going to open the gate 
for the uh, ram of Daniel 8 to, to head west, north and south. It may be. Um, you know, and then there's a gazillion and one articles out there, you know, uh, people that, uh, well, it's never happened to me personally, but uh, apparently this is now happening. Uh, if you say grace, if you give thanks for your meal, let's say at a public restaurant, and my wife and I do, I can't remember, like, I really can't remember when the last time that we eat something in public. And I say the grace loud enough that my ears can hear it. It's not offensive. I thank God for this food. I thank God for our blessings. I ask him to keep us safe, keep his hand, uh, you know, on uh, my family, protect us from the evil one. You know, I, I, I do that just about every time. I can't, in fact, I can't remember a time, the last time I didn't say grace out in public. And if I offend somebody, I'm sorry. Your lack of saying grace offends me. Oh, that's something to think about. But you never thought of it that way. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I got so much going on here uh, today, and I, I just don't have uh, a lot of. Uh, a lot of pizzazz. Those of you that know what pizzazz is, means. Here's one for you. Uh, Joel 2, 30. And I will show wonders in heavens and on the earth, blood and fire and columns of smoke. Ooh, doesn't sound good. But wonders in heaven. Now, something I didn't know about until just really a few days ago. I started looking. At, I heard so uh, I get, got a little bleep on my... Those of you that know me know that I went for years and years and years and years and years. I never had a cell phone. I always carried one. Well, I shouldn't say I didn't have a cell phone. I had one of those little track phones. But um, this summer I got one. I got an iPhone, an old iPhone 7. Didn't realize it was obsolete. Got a, if my wife bought one, I got one free, one of those kind of things. Anyway, it, you know, I got an app on there that, that gives me information about the night sky. And it said, uh, you know, uh, January 2018 has as a blue blood moon. Whoa! And I go what? And so I just just wanted to tell you this. Remember, God tells us that He puts such things in. You can agree, disagree. I don't care. But in Genesis, He says the stars, you know, are there for signs and seasons. And, and God, I, I you know, I, I've studied the Maseroth. I believe that God gave the meaning, the full meaning of the Maseroth to Abraham. That's an opinion. I believe I could support that argumentatively. Um, but having said all that, here it is. Um, who wrote this? Um, excuse me. Uh, his name is Adam Elihu Berkowitz. All right. I've read a lot of his stuff before. It's pretty good. It says, A series of three supermoons began on Sunday night. Now, that's full moon out there. And the moon is, you know, it's closest to its the Earth at this time, perigee, so it's called a supermoon. 
Okay. A series of three supermoons began on Sunday and will end with a super blue blood moon on January 31st, giving what one rabbi explained is a triple dose of divine judgment to the haters of Israel uh, as the secular new year comes in. A supermoon occurs when the moon is at the part of its elliptical orbit that brings it closer to Earth, appearing up to 14% bigger and 30% brighter when it's viewed at its furthest point. On Sunday, December 2nd, the supermoon was visible in the United States, and boy, was it beautiful. And two more supermoons are expected over the course of the beginning of the new year. The upcoming supermoon on the night of January 31st will mark when the moon is at its closest point this year and will be the largest of the three supermoons. Now, so continuing on here. The final supermoon of the trio will arrive on January 31st. It's also a blue moon because so-called because it's the second full moon in a single calendar month. On average, blue moons happen every two and a half years. Now, the supermoon will also feature a total lunar eclipse with total viewability during moonset from western North America across the Pacific to eastern Asia. The moon's appearance will change during the eclipse, gradually getting darker and taking on the rustier blood-red color, making the astronomical spectacle a super blue blood moon. Now, Genesis 1.14, Hashem said, Let there be lights in the expanse of sky to separate day from night. They shall serve as signs for the set times, ooh, powerful there, and the days and years. Now, the Talmud says that Israel is judged by our actions, by our commitment to Hashem, God and not by astrological science. In other words, astrology is, is nothing more from, but from the devil. It's satanic. Stay away from astrology. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> In fact, the Talmud states that a lunar eclipse is a bad sign for those who hate Israel. People who cannot accept that God is behind nature really are haters of Israel. I would agree with that. Since our presence in the world, our very existence in the world, bears witness to the fact that there is a God, a creator God. Now, I believe God, you know, as, as the rabbi says, God used nature to bring the plagues on Egypt. You can study those out. They were natural events. But each one was designed to, to counter effect or destroy the, Egyptian, the ten Egyptian gods. But even when the plagues transcended anything that was ever witnessed before, remember, Pharaoh refused to accept God as being behind them. Now, we're seeing this today. We're seeing the same thing today with hurricanes and earthquakes, a uh, big earthquake in South America, I believe it was in Ecuador, by the way, if you haven't heard the news, uh, in unprecedented manners. Now, going back to this article, the rabbi noted, even though lunar eclipses are regular predicted events, they are a source of wonder and should be understood as signs. The fact that the complete eclipses, solar and lunar, occur with the sun and moon blocking each other perfectly is a need of wonder and unique to the Earth. Now, uh, astronomers, and even when I was in school, called this a grand coincidence, and it has to do with the distance of the, uh, the, the sun is 400 times larger than the moon, but since the moon is 400 times closer to the Earth than the sun, they appear to be the same size. Anyway. Let's be careful. Let's not drift away. Okay? 
let's let's not drift away from the Lord. Is it close? I say yes. Okay, I say yes. It's very close. Um. Just re yeah. big one, uh, magnitude six in Ecuador. Uh, um, just North Korea missile seen by yeah, could see this by an airline crew coming back into the ocean. Um, Jordan and Egypt warn U.S. against recognizing Jerusalem as Israel's capital. We're going to. It's going to happen. Uh, some say it's going to happen this week. Um, we know that the Palestinian Authority uh, chairman um, Mahmoud Abbas and the Saudi Arabian Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman—they've uh, just been included. A, uh, they've been having their own peace discussions recently. And both are actually showing favoritism towards Israel. Now, there's a lot that's that's fake news out there about this, but but there there's some that look pretty good. Uh, remember, this is part of God's plan. Um, according to the to the New York Times report, Ben Solomon plan offers Palestinian Authority non-contiguous parts of Judea and Samaria with limited sovereignty around and without eastern Jerusalem as its capital city. Jewish settlements in Judea and Samaria, for the most part, would not be destroyed or moved. All right? Now, this is going to anger the Ram. This is going to anger Iran, seriously. It's, 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 it's going to, uh, uh, might be, the again, one of the triggers. One of the triggers. And... Uh, other news, if you haven't heard this one here, um, we know that uh, in the nation of Yemen, uh, to the you know the southern part of the Saudi Arabian Peninsula, uh, this, there's a civil war going on there. It's backed uh, and funded by Iran, and um, this is the article. It says, according to the Houthi-run Al Masiri. TV, Yemen's rebel uh, ballistic missile has hit a military target in Saudi Arabia. Uh, there's not much here. Uh, it says, we confirm the success of our ballistic missile trial, which hit its military target inside Saudi Arabia. Um, however, the spokesman for the Saudi-led military coalition fighting the Houthis in Yemen did not respond to the claim. Earlier, Rebel Chief Abdul Malik al-Houthi warned against prolonging the blockade imposed on Yemen following the November 4th missile attack that was intercepted near Riyadh. It's just going on. It's um, uh, on and on and on. And, and, and Scripture is clear. You know, they, they've predicted this. The, the world is, is, is about ready to explode. It's going to explode. Uh, mostly, I think the most serious one will be in in in, um, in the Middle East. Um, the Palestinian minister, you know, uh, this morning called for emergency meeting of the Arab League over the over was the possibility of Jerusalem being the capital of Israel. 
Um, we know that that uh, any plan by any president, and I have a lot of respect for Trump, where I had very little for Obama. Any plan that tries to divide up Israel is going to be against God's plan. Now, this is this is a report that's been leaked. It says. President Trump is mulling or, or thinking about a proposal to create a Palestinian state in Egypt's Sinai Peninsula that would significantly expand the territory of the Hamas-ruled Gaza Strip. You're dividing the land, Mr. President. Don't do this. It says the report states that Egypt would allocate around 450 miles of land near Rafah and El-Arish in order to triple the size of Gaza along the Mediterranean coastline. In return, the Palestinians would allow Israel to retain 12% of the land in Area C of the disputed territories, including Jewish communities such as Ofra, Kiryat, Abba, and the Ariel Block. Here's the scary part. Within the framework of the proposal, Israel would also give Egypt land in the Negev Desert near Nahar Haran, and Egypt would be permitted to dig an underground tunnel linking its territory with Jordan. Wow. I hate to say this, but every time we have done something like this, we can prove this. I've talked about this on shows. You can archive it out. Uh, the United States is going to experience some type of natural disaster, a tragedy of some type. Anywho, uh, Let's see, what is this? And I wanted to mention this one here out in Ohio. When did this occur? If it'll come up. Um, this is it was posted today. This so this is probably uh yeah it it, it, it occurred Saturday. A 21-year-old Salvation Army worker in Cleveland, Ohio, was shot dead in the head Saturday morning with his Bible in hand while preaching the gospel. Those who knew Jared Blasek uh, say that he was devoted to his faith and lived to teach others about God. Jared was an employee, a youth worker, and church member of the Salvation Army Temple Corps Community Center in Collinwood. Jared died as he lived, sharing God's love. Well, God, you just give him a really extra polish on his crown. Um, Jared passed away in full Salvation Army uniform with his Bible in his hand, leaving home on his day off to volunteer at the Salvation Army's Red Kettle. Uh, what is... <laughs> what can you say about something like that? It's sick, it's sad, it's evil, it's a sign uh, of, of, of the times. And we must... We must be ready to meet the Lord. I, 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 I believe he's coming very soon. I believe, you know, if this is indeed the year of the Jubilee, when the year of Jubilee ends, everything is returned to its rightful owner. Wow. And so this is next September. Um, was doing a, uh, a lesson here the last couple of weeks about the... Uh, Daniel 8, and uh, you're going to hate me, 
somehow from last from two weeks ago till today I lost my notebook and I do mean lost it. I kept, I kept it here by my hands or by on my lab t- my desk. And we did some cleaning and I remember I didn't mark it and I think it's gone. Anyway. The sign of Revelation 12, the sign of the woman in the sky, was precise. And like many, uh, I was too eager to connect that sign with what everything else followed. And as I began to analyze it, began to pray about it, and I I realized what God was telling me is, wait a minute, there's nothing there that directly connects the, the sign of the woman appearing with the rest of the events that succeeded in Revelation chapter 12. And so I began to talk with others and began to pray and think a little bit, and and the conclusion that I came up with was that the the September 23rd sign did occur. You can't deny that. It's precise. But it had to mark something. It had to be a sign for something. And... uh, I've I've kind of almost immediately I got interested again in Daniel, and I was reading through Daniel, and I know Daniel has some neat stories, you know the the young men in the fiery furnace and Daniel in the lion's den. But hey, those are great sermons. But hey, got to realize what Daniel was told, and so began to focus a lot on Daniel eight, and so uh, you can go back and and. check out what I said in the last several weeks about the ram with the two horns. There's two power sources in modern-day Iran, the supreme leader, that would be the Ayatollah and the IRGC, the Iranian uh, Revolutionary Guard Corps, uh, is is more powerful now. That's a military branch. And so I'm simply saying I believe God has prepared the Iranian nation and its current regime, regime to be the ram of Daniel 8. Now, this ram will want to charge, and, and Scripture says he's going to charge hard all over the Middle East, which is indeed to the north, the west, and to the south. Remember, Daniel was in, in the town or the area known as Susa. If you study the geography of western Iran, it's pretty much the only place where the Iranian army uh, can move over the land somewhat easily due to the fact that there are no mountains in that particular region. Uh, This regime wants to cause chaos in as many Muslim countries as it can, uh, both to change the way the country is ruled and to supposedly force, and you can research this, the coming of their Messiah, al-Mahdi. Now, if indeed, it's kind of ironic perhaps, if al-Mahdi is the Antichrist, then Iran is going to accomplish everything it wants to accomplish, and that means everything. And so what does that everything mean? What does it mean here to the United States, for example? Well, everything means everything. Iran easily could occupy and control, you know, 25%, 30% of the world's oil supply, which would cause economic chaos around the world, And if you don't understand how the United States currency works, the currency of the United States would lose 95% of its value overnight. 
Yeah, as one guy spoke with, you know, said, God help us. Yeah, God help us. We need to humble ourselves and pray and repent. We don't have anything to repent of. Well, that's what you need to repent of, being arrogant. The church can no longer, you and I can no longer sit back and just watch and see who's right. It's no longer, you know, uh, theoretical. What if God does? What if Satan does? Blah, blah, blah. No, it's going to happen. That's what I believe the sign was telling us, okay? The sign is, is and if you understand how the uh, the Maseroth moves, it's followed by Leo the Lion, which is a sign of, of the return of Jesus Christ as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. We need to be ready. Some practical measures, sure. But we really need to be more like that that man. I'm, I'm sorry, I, you know, that he was, but he died serving the Lord. Instant death, instant glory. You know, uh, those of you that have been given the gift of personal evangelization, use it. Those of you like me have been given the gift of teaching. Go teach the word. Even if you're only a, you know, a page ahead of your students, do it. And if you don't know something, that's fine. Learn it together. And those of you that have been called to preach, don't run from God anymore. Repent. Stand up and preach the word. Jesus Christ is coming. He is King of kings. He's Lord of lords. His death on the cross was for the full payment of humanity's sins. We are saved by grace and faith in that grace. Hey, if you, if you know you're called to preach and you don't have anything to preach about, let's start reading, you know, Matthew chapter 1. And pray and ask for God's wisdom about it. And just continue on. Like I said, if I, I if Scripture says, Daniel says that, you know, no one's going to stop this ram, at least for a while. Now, you got to remember, it is a temporarily successful invasion. All right. Um, you know the oil. You know back in the seventies, early seventies. I remember when uh, the oil lines, the oil embargo, and that was the reduction of only six percent. Now, can you imagine twenty-five percent? Now, it's just not gasoline for cars. You got to understand that a lot of the pharmaceuticals, medicines, uh, plastics. You know, are made from petroleum. You know, we have oil reserves, but we're not ready. Thank you very much, Clinton and Obama, for allowing us not to develop our own oil reserves and build new oil refineries. Now, when you study Daniel 8... Okay. You got to see there is a consistent pattern of events really uh, across just a few Bible passages. In Daniel 8, there are five major events. If you haven't picked them up, there's five parts to this vision. Now, the first, we saw that the this, this second horn uh, uh, of the ram grow up. Okay? That's the. Uh, the Republican Guard, I guess if you want to call it that. Now, second, okay, the second part is the ram invaded the Middle East. This is the Iranian invasion 
which of course is going to start a, a major war between the Sunnis and Shiites, and it's going to move against Israel as well. Now, I haven't talked much about this. And I don't have much time tonight, but I promise you next week I will. Third, there is a there is a goat that's representing a I believe one country because it's single horned. Now this goat, all right, uh, running back east, and it's going to trample the ram. Okay. Now um, I. I there are three possibilities, in my opinion. All right, it could be the United States. I don't think, but it could be. Could it be, you know, the Israeli Defense Force? There's a really good chance that it's so. But it, many scholars are suggesting, and and I kind of agree with this, that the only military that is capable of exceeding that of Iran currently active in the, in the Middle East today that is Islamic is from the nation of Turkey. We know that the Turks ruled the, the, the world of Islam for I think over a thousand years. And it wasn't really till the end of, uh, I think it was in World War One, sometime at the end of World War One, that the, the Turkish rule, the Ottoman Turks were overthrown. And nations like Saudi Arabia and Iraq and, and uh, were created. Now, so this goat's got to represent uh, another country. It has a single power base. Most likely, it's in my opinion, it's going to be Sunni, Sunni, and it's probably Turkey. Then it goes on to fourth thing we noted. There are four horns is going to appear with the little horn growing out of one of them, <laughs> excuse me, which is another event. I believe it's the Antichrist emerging and growing in power. Not fully in control yet, but growing in power. And fifth, and finally, you know, the horn, this horn, that, that, that this little horn is going to grow so powerful that it's going to start making war on the saints, the believers, it's going to move against Israel, and it's going to stop the sacrifice. I mean, it implies there must be another temple, which happens during the tribulation period. So there are four events, and then the tribulation. Now, it's this fifth one that is really at the beginning of the tribulation, I believe. Now, the Iranian invasion, which is the start of uh, of a great war, you know, is the second event. Now, is this the same as? Uh, Gog Magog? I don't know. I don't think. But they're going to be close. Now, um, anyway, I see. I don't want to get into that part. It's going to be a little confusing. There's similarities, though, back in Chapter 7. And I'm, uh, I'm looking here at uh, my incomplete notes to figure out, you know, what I wrote here. So I'm kind of that's why I'm kind of stumbling around here a little bit because you know I write down some notes and and I'm saying here they connect a lot to Matthew 24 4 to 8. Um, Jesus says that there's there's four birth pains and then the tribulation. Um, you know, most most people say, well, oh, we've been in you know the having birth pains for a hundred years. No, 
They might be specific events right before the tribulation. Second birth pain is probably war. God save us. I hope it doesn't happen. Jesus gives us an uh, ominous warning only for war. You know, and the NIV says, don't be alarmed. But the Greek word, if you study this out, there in Matthew 24, 6, is only used in two other places in the whole New Testament. And uh, one little note I had here, you can find its true meaning in Homer's Iliad. Now, the word doesn't mean just to be alarmed. It means to scream in terror. So what Jesus is telling us, do not scream in terror. Now, that's going to change the viewpoint for many, I'm sure. Uh, Anyway, uh, you know, I I believe that the fifth seal of Revelation has been broken. You know, we're seeing, you know, Christians all around the world, even here in the United States, being martyred for their faith. Uh, I, I try to share with you, and if you don't understand it, I'll explain why I believe that, you know, the Saddam Hussein was a rider on the first horse. Uh, and if, if you look at what the rider says he holds in his hand, a bow, if you search research that word, it means, he, it means to bring forth. Anyway, what's he bringing forth? Death, war, famine, disease. And a wonderful place to live. You know, in a great, be on a world of uh, of love and and harmony and all. Yeah, no, it's not. Okay, it's not. I love what God has done and given my wife and I, uh, but I can't can't even begin to compare what the future holds for those who know Jesus Christ as their Savior. It's it's. Uh, <laughs> What else? I mean, really. If you're, if you have been like me, and, and you begin to study, uh, and, and I have uh, studied other philosophies, if you want to call them that, other uh, other beliefs, uh, I, I have found I have found nothing else that really is logical to believe in. Okay. Uh, Islam has has no hope. Buddhism, you know, you're going to be enlightened. The thousand and one or million and one gods of Hinduism, and that that's about as screwball as mess that Satan ever cooked up. Confucianism or Taoism or paganism or whateverism you want to believe in, and then I'm going to hurt some feelings here, be careful Roman Catholicism. You know, it, it, it has lost its way, and it's been lost, it's lost its way a long time ago. But fortunately, it's still clinging to the fundamental truths of faith in Jesus Christ for salvation. Those of you that just cling to that, if you're a Roman Catholic and you just cling to that, you'll be fine. Don't get into this Mary worship, this Mary being the co-redemptrix. Mary Mary gave birth to the human form of God. That's all she did. 
Okay, she can't save you. She can't help you. She had to be saved herself. When she knew her son was the son of God, she had the choice to accept him or reject him. I believe she accepted him. I believe she was in the upper room and she was filled with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Now, that's something to think about. <coughs> oh, here, but another. The doctor's warning of coming flu apocalypse. Uh, and on and on and on and on and on it goes. <clears throat> Simple. I don't know how else to say this except like this. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, what in the world are you waiting on? You know, it could be too late. You know, this this World War Three thing could break out tonight. It could be disaster. One of uh, Kim Jong dumb missiles, you know, could reach the United States. Shoot, could come down over my house. Am I going to live in fear? No. Jesus said, "Don't live in fear. Don't scream in terror. Scream the name of Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And if you don't know Him again, what have you got to lose?" Well, you got everything to lose if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Barring an old phrase from the uh, Geico commercials, getting saved is so easy, a caveman can do it. You know, the Bible says, you know, uh, call upon the name of the Lord and thou shalt be saved. If that's all you can do, do it. And, but mean it from the bottom of your heart. You cannot go into salvation, you know, half-heartedly. Well... You know, I, I think I'll get saved and check it out for a while. And then, you know, if I don't like it, you know, maybe I'll go do something else. No, that's not how it works. That's not how it works at all. Jesus Christ is King of kings, Lord of lords. He died on the cross for forgiveness of humanity's sins. He shed his blood. You know, he took on the sin of the world. I don't know how he did it. I'm just glad that he did. He had so much sin, you know, uh, that God had to look away. He couldn't even look at his own son dying on the cross. And that's why Jesus said, you know, my God, my God, why are you forsaking me? I need you, Dad. You're looking away from me. Why? He is carrying the sin of the world. And then he died. But he was obedient unto death. And I'm, I've been doing it, uh, a Sunday school teaching on, on how the name of Jesus, why is it so powerful? Well, he inherited the name. It was bestowed upon him, and he earned the name that is above every name by conquest. There's three reasons. Now, as my theme song says, every knee's going to bow, every tongue's going to confess. Choose wisely. What's your knee going to do, and what's your tongue going to do? Why not right now accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? It's simple. Call out to God, something like this. Father... God in heaven, I call out to you, and I, I need help. I'm a sinner, and I need saved from, from, from my sins. Father God, I, I, I am sorry for what I have done, and, and I have, was stupid for doing the things that I've done. And Father God, I, I play, pray to you, and I ask you to forgive me. By the blood that Jesus shed on the cross, I now put my faith in him, in your grace. In the blood that Jesus died, shed, it was for my sins, and I accept that, and I now call him my Lord and my King, and I will obey him to the best of my ability. 
Father God, I ask you to send me the Holy Spirit so that I will learn and understand things. I ask you to protect me from the enemy, from the evil one, from the devil himself. Satan, you did not die for me, you do not love me, and I don't want anything to do with you. I'm telling you, I'm putting you on notice that from this day forward, my life belongs to Jesus Christ and him alone. Now, Father God, I thank you for doing this for me, and I pray, God, that you will help me. I ask you to put good, strong, Bible-believing Christians in my path who can teach me and show me in the Word, God, what, and help me to learn your Word. I ask you to baptize me with the Holy Spirit. I ask you to put a hunger for your Word in my heart. And Father God, I thank you for doing this, and I ask you to do this for me in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. Now, my friend, if you said that prayer or something like that and you meant it from the bottom of your heart, the Bible says that you are saved and now, you know, the rest is not entirely up to you because you now have an enemy that will try to destroy you very quickly. You need help. Going at this alone is difficult. No man is an island. You have to join yourself with other like-minded, Bible-believing, born-again God-loving, God-fearing, Jesus-loving, Jesus-trusting Christians. You need to find a church that preaches the Bible from cover to cover, that a pastor that preaches that there is a hell to be, be shunned and a heaven to be gained, and that Jesus Christ is coming soon. Be ready and stay ready for his appearing. And if you can't find a church like that, keep looking. I, we have people that attend our church, Tri-State Ministry Center, that travel basically almost 100 miles every Sunday morning to get there. Why? Because in their area they cannot find a church that is preaching the word like is being preached at Tri-State Ministry Center. Tri-State Ministry Center is in the Cumberland, Maryland area, although we're in Pennsylvania. We're just about 10 or 11 miles from downtown Cumberland. If you're familiar with the Cumberland area, you know, if you're not, you get through Cumberland, ask anybody, hey, where the Narrows is, and they'll, they'll show you where the Narrows is. You can't miss it. It's a big hole in the mountain. Travel through that hole. When you get to the other side, make a right. And don't go left, but you, you can, but don't make it left. Make a right on the main highway. Follow that just about a mile or so up the road. You'll come to a little convenience store that we call Sheets. There's a bunch of them around, but there's only one there. Make a right at that sheet store. Stay on that road for another mile or so. You'll come to a little town called Ellerslie, Maryland. Just drive through that town. When you drive out of that town, you will be in Pennsylvania. On Pennsylvania Route 96, put your blinker on. Tri-State Ministry Center is located about a quarter of a mile past the state line on the right-hand side of the road, right next to a pretty decent restaurant called Hobos. And uh, Sunday morning service starts at 10. Sunday night at prayer services at 5, Bible studies at 6, Wednesday night at 7. And if you really want to get a whole load of God's Word in you, uh, adult Sunday school, of course you can bring your kids if you want. At 9 o'clock on Sunday mornings, um, an hour before service starts, find the concrete block building. It's the only one there really that has a burgundy stripe painted around it. Come on in. Make yourself at home. Uh, we'll have coffee or hot chocolate for you if you want it. And I'm currently uh, getting close to finishing up the lesson on how Jesus got his name above all names. And uh, from there, I'm, God's leading me, trying to show me something a little deeper in the transfiguration. And I might go in that direction a little bit. 
Anyway, I'm tired. I'm going to go to bed. And um, until next week, hopefully, this is John Glenco on Blog Talk Radio on Monday the 4th uh, of December. Happy birthday to my old friend Butch again. And uh, Lord willing, we'll see you next week on my mostly every Monday night show. Something to think about. (laughs) 